Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following podcast contains dramatizations of actual events. Certain situations, dialogue, names, and locations may have been changed. Some scenes are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Identical twins George and Stefan Spitzer were born in the dark shadow of communism. They lived in a land of governmental oppression. There was no Romanian dream. The Romanian dream was the American dream. The Spitzer twins fantasized about a world of lights and cameras. Movie business becomes for them an orgy of opportunity. But their lives would take a dark turn. When the Spitzers realized that their Hollywood dream wasn't coming true, they decided to take their revenge. These identical brothers wreaked havoc on L.A. using sex, drugs, violence, and videotape. They're egging each other on. We are the most swinging lovers ever. We f- more women than anybody. This has been a lifestyle for them, a sick, psychotic lifestyle. They turn their power of twinship into something really, really evil. Marina del Rey is a small seaside port town nestled in the heart of Los Angeles County, California. Marina del Rey is a very upscale part of L.A. It's got the attraction of the boats and the ocean and the bars, and it attracts the party scene. This harbor town has become a draw to L.A.'s elite. If you're not living in Malibu, you want to be living in the marina. It's a synthesis of Southern California. Very nice-looking people, sand, surf, And it's a singles kind of vibe. But with sunlight come shadows. And for the single women of Marina del Rey, 
a pair of identical twins will turn this dreamy beach town into a nightmare. July 9th, 1996, 36-year-old woman is drinking from a demitasse at a sidewalk cafe, and she's approached by a ruggedly handsome man, says he's Gino Sorrell. He's got the whole swinging bachelor thing working. He's got an open red silk shirt, gold chain. He walked up to her, and he started to flatter her, and he told her he was Italian. And he said, well, would you like to have a real Italian dinner with a real Italian? Lana Johansson accepts Gino's invitation. Later that night, the pair dine at an Italian restaurant. But the evening isn't going as well as she imagined. I'm a producer. He's telling her some impossible stories about himself. Oh, you know, my father was the inspiration for the Don in the film The Godfather. His lies become increasingly transparent. She gets bored and says, I gotta go. Before she can make a graceful exit, Lana starts to feel dizzy. She knows something's very wrong, but her date, Gino, just smiles. She starts to feel woozy, and she is just incapacitated, and she doesn't understand exactly what's going on. And that's pretty much her last memory. After a blackout, Lana awakens inside Gino's apartment. She's naked in bed with the guy, unaware of how she got there. She seemed confused. But through her blurry vision, it seems as if someone else is in the room, another man. And he looks exactly like Gino. And she's horrified. She starts to feel the menace of the man. She knows something was done to her. But before Lana can shout or scream for help, she falls back into darkness. George and Stefan Spitzer were born in 1956 in uh, Bucharest, Romania, during the Cold War. Their parents were Holocaust survivors. Both of their grandparents were sent to gas chambers. For many survivors, the impact of living with such traumatic memories created an emotionally unstable home life. Children from Holocaust survivors don't get the kind of nurturance that most kids would get as they're growing up. Their parents are concerned about their own safety. Outside of the home, life was not any easier. They lived behind the Iron Curtain. It was a bleak, bleak upbringing. People would say the wrong thing and then disappear forever. It's a punitive culture in which everyone should behave the same way and should just accept what they have. In this oppressive environment, George and Stefan developed a tight bond. They learned to rely on each other more than other twins would do just because of the external forces that were you know, pressing on them. This closeness was clear to see. Her father described them as kids always being together. They were always in each other's shadow. So they felt that comfort that was always there for them. The boy's parents, Ladislav and Filoftia, dreamed of a life on the other side of the Iron Curtain, where everything seemed to be bigger and brighter. Ladislav and Filoftia wanted a better world for their twins because their lives had been so hellish. 
their parents dreamed of trying to go to the West and making a life there. After 20 years living in a communist state, the Spitzer family was finally given the chance of a lifetime. The Israelis were buying the freedom of Jews living in Romania, and that's how they got out. After a short stay in Israel, the family relocated to Falofdia's native Greece. But just nine months after their arrival, tragedy would strike. In 1975, Falofdia dies of cancer. It leaves Vladislav alone with his boys. This is where the twins' lives really fracture. It was a tragedy for them. She had been their moral compass. And I really think at that point they're lost. Overwhelmed by grief, Vladislav decided to leave Greece and take his sons to Canada. The dad was able to find a job as an accountant in a factory. The twins, they want their own money. They want their own lives. They start selling clothing. But George and Stefan Spitzer had bigger aspirations. They notice catalogs. They decide, hey, we're, we're two pretty good-looking guys. Why don't we start modeling? George and Stefan get some modeling gigs and start to build a portfolio. And as time passed, the handsome twins set their sights on a world where the beautiful people are celebrated. In 1981, the 25-year-old twins take a well-earned vacation to Los Angeles, California. They go to L.A. on vacation, and it is love at first sight. There's palm trees, there's big cars, there's beautiful women. They know this is where they want to be. After growing up in a communist state with all the repression there, in the sun and the sand and Hollywood, was their dream come true? There was a seemingly never-ending money. Everything that the twins had thought about the West, they wanted to get it for themselves. These identical twins dream of seeing their names in lights, and they know just what they need to do. When it comes time to leave, George and Stefan tell their father, well, you know, we like it here, and we're going to stay. Like thousands of young people who come to that area every year, they were convinced that they were going to show up in Hollywood, they were going to be discovered, and they were going to become stars. But the Spitzer twins soon learn that reaching the top means starting at the bottom. They would drive scenery around, they would do gopher kind of tasks for people. This is the best thing I've ever eaten. And they went on auditions. Thank you. You ready to go? The ambitious Spitzer twins are faced with a harsh reality. As things start to fail and not happen, when people are able to see they're not actors with a lot of credits, when people start to see that and they start to get punishing experiences, the Spitzer twins change their strategies. With the acting gigs few and far between, the twins decide to try another tactic. George and Stefan, they kind of catch on to the, a little bit more about how the game is played. They realize, well, you know, we'll just become producers. That's where the money is. But that didn't go well either. 
The Spitzer twins didn't follow up on meetings. They really didn't know, uh, you know, Hollywood 101. And it became a bit of a joke. These Romanian dreamers are quickly sniffed out as rank amateurs. They earned a reputation with their backers as being quick of temper and out of touch with reality. And they were complete and utter failures at show business. They had to pay their rent, they had to eat, so they resigned themselves to getting jobs at car dealerships and became second-hand car salesmen. But for the Spitzer twins, their dreams of stardom continued to burn bright. They were living in their own little bubble. And when it didn't pan out, they had to start thinking about what else they were going to do. George and Stefan are determined to be stars by any means necessary. When the Spitzers realized that their Hollywood dream wasn't coming true and they'd been rejected by Tinseltown, they were angry and they decided to take their revenge. These identical twins decide to use sex and violence to get what they want. George and Stefan were not the sort who liked taking no for an answer. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. 
identical twin brothers George and Stefan Spitzer moved to L.A. to fulfill their silver screen dreams. Being able to go to California becomes for them an orgy of opportunity. It becomes a way of being able to aggrandize themselves and dream big, very big. They were convinced that they were going to show up in Hollywood, they were going to be discovered, and they were going to become stars. Well, it didn't take long before reality sunk in. Hollywood has so far denied them stardom, but the Spitzer twins remain determined to become celebrities at any cost. Tall, dark, handsome, and self-absorbed, George and Stefan are a natural fit for an appearance-obsessed L.A. They've been around Hollywood at this point for at least a couple of years, and they've picked up a few tips. And one of them is that it doesn't matter what you really are inside. It matters how you appear. George and Stefan were smart enough to know that their looks were their strong point. So, like a lot of people in Southern California, they spent a lot of time in the gym, they stayed in shape, they dressed nicely. The Spitzer twins were alike in every way, one no more dominant than the other. They shared equal success, attracting members of the opposite sex. Once the Spitzer twins started dating, they were very successful at it. They always had girlfriends. And whereas in Hollywood, where they've been abject failures, the one way they could succeed was with women. I can get lost in your eyes forever. George and Stefan use their limited acting skills to lure women into bed. Sunset Boulevard. The Spitzers always lived this kind of fantasy life, and they created fantasy characters. George Spitzer became Gino Sorrell. Stefan became Julian Sorrell. And they would use these names with various women they met. These became their kind of alter egos. He's so pretty. I just can't get over it. And the Spitzers soon used their alter egos and identical looks to pull off a sexual scheme only twins could get away with. Like many identical male twins, George and Stefan enjoyed using their similarity to fool women. Unlike most, however, they would change places in the middle of sex. They called it the Spitzer switch. Some of the women were girlfriends, and then they would have consensual intercourse with, say, Stefan, and Stefan would leave the room, and then George would put on Stefan's clothes and come back in and have sex with a girlfriend. It wasn't just women that they picked up in bars. These were women that they supposedly had relationships with. This was just horrendous. They had no way of knowing that they'd actually slept with both brothers. But the Spitzer switch doesn't always go smoothly. One noticed that her lover was a sweet and sensuous kisser, and then he turned into a guy who just slobbered. And if the women notice a difference in their bodies or behavior, the twins are ready with a story. They're either involved in a bodybuilding contest or they had changed their diet, you know, or eating differently or they'd been eating a lot before and now they're eating less. They were just becoming one in the act. That's how close together they were and how infinitely creepy the whole thing was. Being sexual as a team just made their twinness buzz. The Spitzer switch works over and over again. This started to boost their egos. 
Their confidence just grew exponentially with each conquest. They thought they were just brilliant actors for pulling the whole thing off. But what lies beneath the twins' hypersexuality is something much darker. There were signs that George and Stefan were not the sort who liked taking no for an answer. There was one time in the early 80s when Stefan met a woman. This time he was going to be a French actor. He approaches this woman and he says, you're beautiful, you should be a model. And he was attractive. They go out on a date. After dinner, Stefan boldly invites himself back to the woman's apartment. But when she refuses, his dark side emerges. He says, aren't you going to invite me in? And she said, no. This is our first date. And he says, well, Frenchmen expect to be allowed into your home after a first date. And Stefan never takes no for an answer. He forces his way in. He then lunges at her and tells her, you will have sex with me pulls her clothes off, and he violently rapes her. He's threatening her life, and she's absolutely petrified, which is exactly what he wanted, and he leaves her there. Identical twin George shares his brother's violent streak. George picks up a woman at an auto show. He takes her to his apartment. Once inside, George assaults her. No, stop! The young woman manages to flee the apartment. But George isn't finished with her. After she's been home for a couple hours, he gives her a call and asks her out on another date. Now obsessed with sexual conquest, both George and Stefan have gone from good time swingers to vicious sexual predators. The Spitzer twins obviously had no regard for women. Women were just tools for them to play their power games. But some women fight back. Me rape? Who would I rape? Look at me, I'm a good looking man. Stefan is accused of rape and sodomy, while twin George faces a battery charge. The violence that they used against women in these rapes escalated. It just started to escalate. It was getting out of control. But the twins always managed to worm their way out of the charges by using the broken heart defense. She's probably upset I didn't call her, man. The twins would always spin it as disgruntled lovers that got angry when they wanted to leave them, and uh, they just sort of shrugged their shoulders and said, this is, you know, this is their revenge. For L.A. prosecutors, it boils down to he said, she said. It is very difficult for a jury to look at an individual that went on a date with someone and then claims rape. Juries don't like those cases, and they are hard to prosecute and hard to get convictions. For George and Stefan Spitzer, beating the rap emboldens them. The twins have gotten in trouble for attacking women, and not once have they had to pay the price. They started to feel just a little bit invulnerable when it came to sex. 
And they would demonstrate that over the next few years, that they felt that they were absolutely invincible and they could do anything they wanted to women and there'd be no repercussions. Still, these identical serial rapists know they have to better cover their tracks. The Spitzers must have realized that continuing these violent rapes was eventually going to land them in prison. So the twins decide to change their methods. George and Stefan hatched an evil plan. These sexual predators are about to take their game to a dangerous new level. They can basically do all the monstrous things that they wanted to do. Identical twins George and Stefan Spitzer have transformed from failed actors to serial rapists. The Spitzer twins have been in Hollywood for a decade. They were bitter, they were frustrated, and they were acting out. Working together, these twin brothers are raping at will and getting away with it. These guys were being arrested and prosecuted, but they got off. But these identical rapists realize that to avoid jail time, they have to change their methods. That's when you see the switch to drugs. The women remember less, people will believe them even less. Introducing drugs gave them this opportunity to play the switch even more successfully. In the early 1990s, the Spitzer twins discover the drug Rohypnol, known on the streets as Roofies. Rohypnol was a perfect date rape drug. It worked in a half hour, left little or no trace in the body, and it turned women into zombies. You're paralyzed, basically. You have no control over your body. If you just lie there, you can't do anything. Where's that pretty blonde at, huh? I want the brunette. For the Spitzer twins, roofies are a game changer. The brothers realize this is perfect. You got body papers? I always do. You can slip that drug into a drink. It has no odor no taste, it's colorless. And the woman will feel like maybe she has had too much to drink. She'll feel a little dizzy, a little out of it. Once doped, the women will become putty in their sick hands. This is what the Spitzer twins were looking for, this, this loss of control, this loss of will, this loss of power. The brothers literally bought cases of this stuff and they plan to use it. They plan to use all of it. George and Stefan prowl the streets of L.A., searching for unsuspecting prey. The Spitzer twins had a wide range of areas where they looked for their women. They would go to Beverly Hills nightclub. They would go to malls. They would hang around coffee shops. Once the twins find a target, one brother steps up to lure her into their trap. How they would work it is one of the brothers, the bait brother, will go out, meet a woman. He hits on the woman invites her to dinner, and she accepts. When the two meet at a restaurant, the bait twin seals the deal. He would buy the woman a drink, and after she took a couple of sips of the drink, she would notice right away something was wrong. Unknowingly, her drink's been roofied. Rohypno is about 10 times stronger than Valium, and taken with alcohol makes it even more potent. She might start to feel a little woozy. She thinks, oh, the wine is, is hitting me really hard this time. 
To the casual onlooker, she just looks tipsy. But to a Spitzer twin, she's already gone. That's when this bad guy gets to be the hero, and he's going to help her out the door. The witnesses around assume that this nice guy is helping her, so they don't see a crime in progress. The Spitzer twins reconnect at their apartment to feast on their prey together. The whole big sexual thrill for the Spitzers was to have sex together. When the doped victim is led into the bedroom, the horror show begins. One of them will either order her to undress if she seems conscious enough or just pull her clothes off. She might have some sense that this is happening. She can't say no. She can't do anything. She's in a dream state. The Spitzer twins turn their power of twinship into something really, really evil. George and Stefan treat the victim like a sex doll. The women were just like playthings. They could throw them in any position. These guys were not gentle. The victim literally feels trapped within her own body, unable to scream or defend herself. She senses their bodies moving up and down on her, but she can't really feel anything. She'd be able to see and hear what was going on, but she was powerless to do anything about it. One twin rapes while the other twin stays in the room to watch. They would literally cheer each other on, like this was a spectator sport, one twin watching the other. And soon, the Spitzer switch takes a sinister turn for the worse. They wanted a memory of it. That's when they decided they were going to start taping their encounters with these women so they could relive it. These failed actors decide to produce and star in their own porno films. George would be videotaping Stefan making love to a girl and giving a sordid commentary while he was doing it. And then Stefan would take over the camera and take over the commentary. Beautiful blonde. Beautiful man. The Spitzers share an identical narcissism, and they feed the other's ego. They're posing like bodybuilders. They're egging each other on. Oh, yeah, you know, you were great. You were perfect. We are the most swinging lovers ever. We f more women than anybody. They would comment on each other's arousal. Oh, look, Julian is ready for sex. Twins played to the camera, they mugged. Like snuff films, this was an evil form of show business. Once the victim emerges from her drug state, the twins act sweet and innocent. The next thing she knew, she's in bed with one or the other of the twins, and they're grinning at her. She doesn't understand what's happened. She'll ask him, and he'll say, oh, don't you remember? You were drunk. and..." I helped you to bed. When the questions start, the Spitzers know the roofies work like a charm. For them, the beauty of the drug was that when it wore off, there was no memory of what had happened. The woman's left with nothing more than a sick feeling in the pit of her stomach. The victim ponders, what happened to me last night? What should I do? And you think someone's had sex with you. But you don't know who because your memory bank doesn't retain any picture. I think that some of them felt they had been raped. They just really weren't sure. If you're not sure, 
police are going to have their hands tied. These identical serial rapists continue to terrorize the women of L.A., violating numerous innocent victims without consequence. But Spitzers thought they were above the law. They thought they could get away with anything. But that's all about to change. George and Stefan Spitzer are about to meet a woman who will turn their twisted game on its head. This has been a lifestyle for them, a sick, psychotic lifestyle. I have spent 15 and a half years in a prison. It's their turn now. Identical twins George and Stefan Spitzer use the date rape drug Rohypnol to terrorize the women of L.A. and capture it all on videotape. Remember, for the Spitzer twins, they were stars. They were beyond reproach. They were able to do this and get away with it. But their luck is about to change. Lana Johansson agrees to meet George's alter ego, Gino, for dinner. But when his lies get too difficult to swallow, she decides to call it a night. She kept looking at her watch. And then suddenly, everything went blank. Lana wakes up naked, lying in bed next to a new George Spitzer. She doesn't remember how she got there, no idea at all. All she remembers is a date that she wanted to get away from, not a guy she wanted to sleep with. And there he is. And she's horrified. She's confused. She knows she didn't have that much to drink. She asked him point blank if he put something in her drink and he makes this incredulous face. Oh, would I do that? Oh, no. No, he says, no, I would never do that. You just had too much to drink. I brought you here to my place so that you could sleep it off. But Lana's no fool. She knows something's very wrong. She doesn't believe him. She knows something was done to her, and she just wants to get out of there alive. Lana believes she was drugged and assaulted. After consulting a friend, she goes immediately to the Marina Del Rey Sheriff's Department. Her head was pounding. They spoke haltingly. She slurred a word. She seemed confused. She tells the cop at the desk, look, I want to report a rape. After some questioning, the police have Lana submit to a physical examination. She was taken to a hospital where she endured a rape kit. We look at vaginal samples, rectal samples, oral samples, pubic hair combings, the clothing for the presence of semen. We did find semen in several of those samples. When she hears the results, Lana is devastated. Her worst nightmare of what she thought had happened had happened. She'd been drugged, she'd been raped, she'd been sodomized. But her nightmare was going to get even worse because she was going to realize at some point that she was raped by brothers, twins. And when the police start to run the names Gino and Julian Sorrell through the system, they're surprised by what they find. The cops realized that what they were looking at wasn't anybody named Gino or Julian Sorrell. They were aliases for George and Stefan Spitzer. When investigators looked at the Spitzer's record, they saw that there was a definite pattern there. 
These guys have been arrested for rape before. They've got serial rapists on their hands. The police move quickly to prevent these twins from raping again. They had no trouble convincing a judge for a search warrant because it was a crisis situation. If they waited too long, another woman was going to be attacked. Three weeks after Lana's report, the police raid the Spitzer twins' apartment, and they're shocked by what they find. Not only do they find 20 videotapes of the Spitzer twins with their victims, but they find seven boxes of Rohypnol. But even more stunning is what's on the videotapes. There were George and Stefan having sex with these various women who were obviously drugged and incapacitated. These women were oftentimes face down. They were drooling. Their eyes were closed. They were immobile. It became very apparent that these were not just guys picking up girls and making home videotapes, that these were serial rapists, and they were very dangerous, and they had multiple victims. The videotapes reveal what past victims could never recall. Videos made a huge difference because it, it, it gives you what the victim can't give you, definitive evidence of some of what happened. For the Spitzer twins, their drugged victims made the perfect leading ladies. What they ended up with was a zombie that was their perfect woman. They would perform to George and Stefan's precise specifications. They were living, breathing women, acting in these porn films, starring, written, and directed by the Spitzer twins. The Spitzer twins are soon arrested. George receives eight charges, including five counts of rape. Stefan faces seven charges, including one count of rape. The story quickly explodes in the national press. It's huge. First of all, they're twins. Secondly, they're serial rapists. This is one of the first cases where they actually talked about women being drugged and raped. Newspapers are calling the Spitzers the Rohypnol Romeos. But that's hardly an apt name. Uh, these guys aren't worthy of a Shakespearean tragedy. They're cold mirror image hunters with an identical lack of conscience. I have never, Your Honor, for the days of my life, ever raped a woman. Both the Spitzer twins plead innocent and dismiss the charges filed against them. George told the cops that all the victims had willingly given him sex and that he'd only given them drugs when they asked for it. Stefan says that we don't need to rape people. We can get sex from whoever and whenever we want. The Spitzer twins act like they have nothing to fear. Even after they're in prison with $2 million bail, the twins still think that they're going to walk on this. They're absolutely confident that they're going to beat this rap. And they might be right. What occurs to the cops is this is going to be a really difficult case to prosecute. Proving rape is difficult, but with identical twins, it's almost impossible. When we found out they were identical twins, that poses a huge problem. Obviously, you can't discriminate between their DNA because it's identical. You can't just say, well, the DNA matches one of these two guys. Prosecutors realize only witness testimony will convict the twins. 
So now the cops have the task of finding these women, seeing if they'll come forward, and building a case against the brothers for serial rape. And soon one woman will become the twins' worst nightmare. That proves to be the thing that breaks the case wide open. Identical twins George and Stefan Spitzer have been arrested for multiple counts of rape. But their twinness may help them escape justice once again. In order to convict somebody, you have to be positive that they actually committed the crime. When we found out that George and Stefan were identical twins, you know, that poses a huge problem because you can't just say, well, the DNA matches these two guys, so we're just going to arrest them for everything. Without DNA, the police must turn to the only evidence they have left. The videotapes were the only way to tell which of the brothers did the particular acts on which of the girls, and that was the way they were able to tell the difference. And that's how they start to piece together their case against the brothers. Now, the problem they have is finding the women. So the police take their case against the Spitzer twins to the public. The cops decide that the only way they're ever going to get some of these women identified is to put out a call. They put out a number. They show photographs of the brothers. Police put victims of the Spitzer twins on TV and urged other victims to come forward, and the tactic worked. One of the first victims to emerge is Alice, and her story will turn this case upside down. They get a call from a woman that was attacked back in 1982. She had been raped by Stefan years before, sees him on television. She bursts into tears. She calls the police. She knew that she was maybe one of the first in a series that stretched over years of serial rapes, and she wanted it to end. On behalf of the prosecution, Alice makes an emotional appeal to the women of L.A. Alice tells the viewing audience how the Spitzers made her life a living hell. Her life had been ruined. She'd lost a job. She started not to trust people. She was afraid. She was fearful, but she found her voice, and she found the courage to come forward. I know it'll be hard, but it'll help you. It'll help me, and it'll help all the others. She says, if this happened to you, please come forward. we got to take these guys off the street before more women get hurt. It started this huge snowball effect. Women were horrified, and they just kept coming forward. And it was very shocking how many cases there actually were. Over a dozen women come forward to implicate the Spitzer twins. But George and Stefan have beaten rape cases before, and they're convinced that if they stick together, they'll prevail again. George and Stefan Spitzer were so uh, egotistical and narcissistic, they thought they could always beat the rap. They thought they were too smart for them, and they could outwit the police and the DA right up to the end. The Spitzer case becomes a media spectacle 
the world tunes in to watch the trial of the identical rapists. But with a lack of physical evidence in the case, the prosecution of the Spitzer twins hinges on the victims. It was up to the witnesses to make sure that they got sent to prison. Without the testimony, the brothers would certainly have walked. Each one substantiated the other in the sense, if you take one by itself, it may not be definitive, but when you piece it together, the picture is pretty clear. Multiple victims come forward to testify, each recounting remarkably similar stories, and their ongoing suffering is horrific. I was raped on December 7th, 1982. From that moment on, my world has turned upside down. The nightmares, they have never ended. I became afraid of meeting people, of going out, of having a relationship. I have spent 15 and a half years in a prison. It's their turn now. It's their turn to pay for everything they have done, not only to me, but every woman they have victimized. The testimonies establish a clear pattern of deception, drugs, and rape. These guys were gonna pose a very serious threat to any woman within the community and they were not gonna stop until they were caught. The Spitzer twins resort to their classic line of defense, denial. I have never, Your Honor, for the days of my life, ever raped a woman. Once Stefan and George were at trial, they had an excuse for everything. I didn't really hurt her, I didn't really do that. The woman is just evil and she's trying to pick on me because I didn't go out with her again. In court, George Spitzer dismisses D.A. Stone's case as frivolous. Mrs. Stone asked me a few weeks ago why all these ladies would go to the trouble to come to court and testify against us. I don't know for sure. It could be for a number of reasons. Rancor, bad blood, anger, bad feelings because of a relationship didn't work properly. Or perhaps the opportunity to punch a punching bag. After a month of testimony, the verdict comes in for the Spitzer trial. As the jurors filed into the courtroom to deliver the verdict, five of the Spitzer twins' victims sat in the front row and held hands. The jury found both twins guilty. At sentencing, trial judge Richard Niedorf has harsh words for George and Stefan. He found them reprehensible. He said to them, you're going to be old men when you're released from prison. You are not going to be able to be a threat to women anymore. Judge Niedorf imposes a punitive prison term for both twins. George was sentenced to 60 years in prison and Stefan to 37 years. As they were being sentenced, the twins shook their heads in sync with one another. Then Stefan looked at George, and George didn't look back. This is a victory walk, I will tell you. The once inseparable Spitzer twins are sent to serve their prison terms in different California facilities. As boys, George and Stefan Spitzer dreamed of seeing their name in lights but their dreams spiraled into a terrible nightmare for the women of Los Angeles. I can't even say which one of the Spitzers was worse because I think they both were horrific. I think that there's something inherent in these two twins that was evil and sadistic. 
George and Stefan were blissfully unaware of the fact that they were monsters. They committed crimes together, and in the long run, they were punished together. They went to jail together. They were absolutely one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.